Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. The new rules of love, sex, and dating. I'm stoked. I'm ready to jump in. But a couple times a year, there's a phenomenon that happens on Monday nights. And it is a, a worldwide phenomenon that happens. And after the kids are in bed, women and, and some men, they, they grab some snacks and they grab some, maybe their favorite beverage and they post up on the sofa, they flip the TV on and they start to watch one of the longest, most popular running shows on TV. And while most people dislike themselves for watching this show and how into it they get, they really, really get into it. And, and some, people, some people have like tattoos on their thighs of their favorite characters. Like it's, it's out of control. But regardless of, of how highbrowed you might be and how intense you might feel about this show, the reality is it's a phenomenon that happens. And last year, eight million people watched the finale of this show, the Bachelor. Not, not this one, because that's Peter. He, he ain't done yet. But I'm just telling you, this show, I've made fun of it for a long time. It just, it's a ridiculous show. But it's a phenomenon. You go into work on Tuesday morning, and everybody's talking about what? They're talking about The Bachelor. It is just this crazy thing. And there's a, a term over the last 20 plus years that we have heard in this show. I, I have not been watching it for 20 years. I know some of you in here have, but not me. I'm just saying. But there's a term that you hear 100,000 times in a season. I am just looking for my person. I'm just trying to find my person. And you, I'd get tired of hearing my person right? And it's like, no, I know he's my person. I'm just trying to find my person. I totally believe he's my person. I know he just made out with Becky, but he loves me and he's totally my person, right? But can we be honest, whether you hate The Bachelor or whether you watch it religiously, whatever you are in between there, the reality is we all remember those days of being single, and maybe some of you right now, you, you feel those days of being single where you're, you're desperate to find your person, right? You, you long for that person who can come in and maybe rescue, rescue you from the doldrums of dating. They can deal with your crazy family. They can deal with your insecurities and your own issues. And you just need that person that would just that love me. They would just love me. I just need somebody to love me, right? We all feel that. We all have that desire. And that's actually what this series is about. You can, you can take uh, old crazy boy off of there for, for a second there. But I know he's, he's beautiful and, and is messing with people. But this series that we're in is for anyone who's dating. It's for all of us who are married. It's for anybody in between. It's for those of us who are trying to navigate relationships in our lives. But the key for this relationship, the, the series that we're in, the key is that you start from the beginning. The key is that you, you open your mind and you open your heart to reevaluate how you've processed this from the beginning. And I told you a few weeks ago, I've actually been wanting to, to teach this series for seven years. So I'm a little stoked 
And the reason why is because when I read the book seven, eight years ago, I remember thinking, this is a game changer, right? This is an absolute game changer for anyone who is single. And even for those of us who are married, it changes the way that we process relationships. And so I've been so stoked, but it requires us to have a receptive heart. And listen, I'm going to say some things in here and you're going to be like, no, no, that's just, no, I don't, I'm not down with that. That's fine. You can pretend like I'm wrong, but I'm not. But you can pretend and, and, and just ignore it for today, but I want you to process it when you go home. I want you to chew on it. I want you to think about it. I want you to talk about it with someone that you trust, because I promise you the values that we're going to learn from scriptures when it comes to relationships will be an absolute game changer for you. So today, I want to debunk a myth that is just widely spread in our relationships. And and if you are married, you probably believe this myth. If you're dating, you're actively believing it now. And the myth that we're going to talk about, I'm not going to tell you yet. Because first, I need you to look at your neighbor and do me a favor. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a little nervous. That was weak. I'm a little nervous. But look at him again and say, but I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. The myth that we are going to debunk is this, the right person myth. The right person myth. The right person myth goes a little bit like this. One day I'll find the right person and they will make everything all right. One day I will find the right person and it all will be, it'll all make sense in life. Everything will come together. It'll be beautiful. And all of my issues, all of my problems, all of my baggage, like we talked about yesterday, all of those things will be all right. I just need to find that right person. And what happens is we almost place this hero mentality on this person that we're looking for because they come into our lives and we're feeling things and we're like, you're the right person. You're going to fix it all. Okay, cool. This is what I've been waiting on. The right person. But let's talk about the right person because we all have our lists, right? Guys, we have our lists in our minds. We don't write it down because we were afraid someone would see it and then we get in trouble. But it's in our minds. Ladies, you probably wrote it down in a journal somewhere. But maybe it's beauty, it's talent, confidence, intelligence, humor. They have a job. Like, Hey, that's on the list. I like that. Maybe it's their career, their personality. There's just something that's just a good building block for life, a good family. Yeah, I'm looking for someone with a good family. That's on the list. And while those are all, yeah, money, money. We're looking for money. Somebody, yeah, hello. But while all of those are are good, there's these two things. And if we're just honest with ourselves, and, and this isn't necessarily what we have to believe, but it's what we do, we rely on our relationships on chemistry and attraction. We rely on chemistry and attraction to tell us who the right person is. And attraction, don't I, I see some of you just kind of looking like, no, I'm not that shallow. Attraction doesn't have to be just looks. Attraction can be you're attracted to the way that they think. You're attracted to the way that they live their lives. You're attracted to something. I've never met anyone that's like, I'm dating this person and it's going really well. I'm not attracted to them in any possible way at all. 
Like, I don't like their personality. They ugly. I don't have, it's just, they got bad family. I'm, there's nothing. But we, things are going great. Man, get out of here. That never happens. So there's an attraction that's there. And when that attraction's going well, we call it chemistry. We, we just get each other. We understand each other. It's just, there's just something I've never felt before. This relationship just is right. It feels good. And if we're honest, it's no wonder that when chemistry is good, we think, hmm, I wonder if chemistry is good in some other places. Because, I mean, if it's good at the table and it's, it's good in the kitchen, I wonder if it's good in the bedroom. I mean, I, like, we got to explore this, right? This is what we tell ourselves. And, and if a, a, a couple connects around the same food, especially nowadays, the same food or music or the same sports team, it's like, okay, well, we connected there, so we might as well go connect in the bedroom. It's like, what? We skipped a few steps to get there, but okay, all right, this, this chemistry and passion is there. But the reality is, That chemistry, quote unquote, actually clouds our minds from some really important things. But there's a truth for those of you who are dating in the room. You need to hear this. You need to write it down. Make sure it's in in front of you as much as possible. You are sexually compatible with far more people than you are relationally compatible. Scientifically speaking, there's a good chance that you're sexually compatible with thousands of people maybe even millions. Because functionally, sex really isn't all that complicated. In the physical attribute, in the physical connection of sex, I mean, yeah, there's some compatibility there, but I mean, we can walk around and and look anywhere in San Diego. I'm sure you can find somebody that you're compatible with sexually, but relationally, that's a game changer. That's a completely different situation. We have to understand that God actually created sex. I know that might blow your mind, but it was his idea. He wants us to enjoy it. He wants us to have fun with this. He wants us to be able to see and experience and feel the full measure of his creation, but he has some guidelines that really help us lean into exactly the way he created it. And we're going to talk about that in two weeks some more. So in two weeks, we're going to be talking about sex like the whole time. So if y'all don't come, I understand why, but it's going to be fun. But this is the key that I want you to understand today. Good sex doesn't mean a good person. Good sex doesn't mean the right person. Just being honest. The, the reality is that it's actually distracting you from some issues relationally, right? I, we, we've all known that person that's like, we just have so much chemistry. It's just, it's just awesome. You wouldn't believe last night. And it's like, no, nah, that's not chemistry. That's just, that's just sex. Did you forget that he's like not a good dude? She rocks my world. She's amazing. Yeah, but does she make you a better man? Does she help you reach your potential? Does she draw you closer to God? Oh, well, uh, no, I didn't really get to that part. Right, our eyes are clouded by the physicalness, and that's why God had a plan for sex, because he wants us to get the relational part right rather than focusing on sexual compatibility. Again, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. The reality is there's a pervasive lie in our culture that says, well, before you get married, you need to make sure and have sex to make sure you're compatible. What? 
It's not that complicated. We'll be able to figure it out. Odds are you're compatible there. It's more important that you focus on your relationship with God and your relationship with each other and realize, oh, wait, you have a crazy family and you're probably a little crazy, too. So we we need to work through that more than we need to worry about how fun it is in the bedroom. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We, We can move on. But we have to open our eyes to see past the fog of romance and chemistry in order to really dig in. Because you can ask any married person in the room right now. The roses and the doors open and the adventurous dates and the hashtag whatever our wedding name is, all of that eventually fades away. And it gets down to the reality of our connection with each other, our connection with God, and digging in to who we are as people. I love, I love how the Bible unpacks love in this true picture. In Romans 12, 10, it says, Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. When we were in college ministry, I did a whole sermon on just this verse. But just to shorten it for you, the original language that, that Paul is writing with here, he's almost saying, I want you to outdo each other. I want it to be competitive with how you care for each other. I want you to go above and beyond in the way you show affection to one another. That's love. Sacrificial love that cares. 1 Peter 4, 8 says, Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a a multitude of sins. Love covers sins. We, We saw an incredible story yesterday at the marriage workshop of, of love covering a multitude of sin and working through deep and dark things that that many of us would have given up with. But that depth of love that God places in our hearts changes everything. The truth is that many of us, we jump into our relationships without really preparing for it. And some of us, we're married right now, and we're still like, what what just happened? Like, we're still trying to figure it out, especially as men. Like, it, it takes us a little while to really understand relationships better. We, we have to learn how to answer certain questions correctly, right? Because otherwise, we get ourselves in trouble. Baby, how, how does this look on me? Uh, beautiful. It looks beautiful. Lauren, Lauren likes to pretend, and, and she's right here. She likes to pretend like she wants my real opinion. I'm like, baby, you look beautiful. It looks great. She's like, no, 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 tell me what you think. Well, I mean, the shoes don't really match. I mean, that green doesn't really go with that green. And what do you think I hear all day long? She's like, first of all, I'm wearing these shoes. Second of all, three hours later, I can't believe you said this green doesn't match. This looks good. What is wrong? I'm like, why did I even answer the question? I should have just said, she just pretends like she wants me to answer the question. Where should we go for dinner? Oh. (laughs) If you are dating, that is the death of so many wonderful nights, that question right there. What what we have learned in 11 years of relationships is the the best answer is, what do you not want to eat? What do you not, you're welcome, husbands. What do you want to eat? Hold on, no, no, better question. What do you not want to eat? Because I promise you what I pick, pizza, She's going to be like, I don't don't want pizza. I don't want pizza. You said you didn't care. Yeah, okay. This this last one. Did you see what she was wearing? Nope. Baby, I only got eyes for you. I didn't see a single. There was women in the room? I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't see nothing, especially when we go to the beach. Did you see that? Nope. 
Mm-mm. I'm at the beach like this. What? I don't see nothing, baby. I only see you. Lauren tried to trick me this morning. She said, babe, um, I, it would have been fun to play like the newlywed game at, at the, the marriage workshop. And you know how they always ask that question? This is completely out of nowhere. Like I'm brushing my teeth. Brushing my teeth, getting ready to go to church. You know, you know how this like, what's the most annoying thing that your spouse does? What would you say about me? I'm like, who do you think I am? No, girl. Uh-uh. I am not falling into that trap. I said, what would you answer? And she gave me an answer, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. Get out of here. I mean, what about you? I, no, I didn't answer you. I'm not dumb. Honestly, honestly. When, we come, when it comes to relationships, a lot of times early on, we feel like a promise is a replacement for preparation. We walk into, and, and maybe not you guys, but we've all been to those weddings where we're watching them at the altar, making these promises to one another. And we're in the back taking bets of like, how, how soon is this going to be over? Because we know they're not ready. We've been there. It's not, be, it's not that we have like ill will toward them, but we just know they're not prepared. And we have to guard ourselves, especially those of you who are dating, that you're not running into something and go, well, when we get married, when we make this promise, it'll all be better. No, it actually, and it just like exponentially makes the issue worse because you promised you weren't going to do something and you can't keep that promise yet. I actually I had a friend of mine that, that went through this, and, and thankfully it was, it was well before marriage. But uh, she, was, she was dating this guy, and she was going crazy about him. And I, I was, at the time, I was one of the worship leaders, and we're in the middle of practice, and, and we're singing, and I'm working with the band and all this other stuff. And she comes walking through in the room, and she's arm in arm with him, <laughs> all giddy. And she's introducing him to everybody, and I, I'm seeing him, and guys, guys, we know. Guys just aren't that complicated. Like, you can just see from all the way in the back of the room, I was like, nah, this ain't the one. And so here he comes. She's an incredible, incredible young lady. And here she comes, and, and she's walking down, and she's like, this is him. This is him. And I literally just pulled him a tumble. I was like, no, no. And so afterwards, he didn't see me. I was, I was sly about it. Afterwards, she's like, what is wrong with you? You didn't even talk to him yet. How, why do you? And I'm like, friend, I'm just telling you, you can just see it. He's not the one. Like, uh, you do what you're going to do, but please don't run into something crazy. It's just, you can just see it, that he is not ready. Three months later, she walked into my office and she goes, you were right. He was a jerk. I'm like, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Us guys aren't that complicated. We can kind of see it. So if you're dating somebody, come bring them to meet me. I'll let you know real quick. <laughs> but my hope was to help save her from making a promise to someone that obviously was not prepared for what he, she, she was wanting and he wasn't ready to step into. Because look at this truth. When you're accountable for something you're not capable of, you will eventually be miserable. That's strong. When you're accountable for something you're not capable of. Husbands, wives, when there's an expectation that's set that our spouse is not capable of meeting, we make them miserable. We make ourselves miserable when we go, well, this is where it should be, but we haven't done the work to get ready for that place 
we're going to be miserable and we go, well, you're not meeting my expectations. This is not what I thought it was going to be. And, and I thought it was going to be this and that. And, and Lauren and I talk about this, the, the fantasy world. It's like you, you have this fantasy of what it's supposed to look like and that's the expectation. But if we haven't prepared ourselves to be capable of living that way, you're going to be miserable. And some of you right now in your marriage, and your relationships, you've set an expectation that you haven't done the work in the preparation, in the vulnerability, in the honesty, in the communication level to expect from each other. And when we're not capable of something that we're accountable for, we become miserable. This is on us. This is on us working on us. And it simply means that we have to be honest with ourselves and and ask if we're prepared. And, And here's some better questions. If you're single in the room, this is a really great question. Am I the person The person I am looking for is looking for. Say that five times fast. But seriously, just think about it. Think about it. Like, just real talk. Am I the person? The person I'm looking for is looking for. There's an incredible story that I'll tell you guys next week. You do not want to miss it about this exact question. But just just to break it down quickly, if you were to meet the one, if you were to meet your person, would that person be looking for you? Would that person be looking for you? Because what if you do find that one, but you haven't been doing the stuff that you need between you and God to work out your own issues? Would that person want to commit to your mistakes, to your addictions? Would they want to commit to your mindset? Would they want to commit to your lifestyle? Would they want to commit to your finances? Would they want to commit to you? And it requires us to ask ourselves, are we doing the preparation? Are we coming before God and going, God, I want to be the right person so that when I meet the right person, we're not trying to rescue each other, but we're stepping into our future together. Husbands and wives, this question is for us. Am I the spouse my spouse was hoping for on our wedding day? That's a tough question. Am I the spouse? Am I the husband? Am I the husband that Lauren was dreaming about when we stood at that altar and thought that, like, you know, we got married young, and so it was like, it's going to be bliss, right? Am I the husband that she was hoping I would be 11 years into this relationship? Are you the wife that your husband was dreaming of when he stood at that altar? Am I becoming my best self? Am I becoming more of the purpose that God has created me with? Am I I tapping into the potential that I'm uniquely gifted? Am I showing and caring and loving the way that the Bible tells me that I need to love and care for my spouse? Am, man, if, am I the spouse, if they could start over and do again, would they still want us? Now, don't cheat. This is not some trick question that you get in the car with your spouse and you're like, mm, well, am I the one you were hoping for? No, 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 no. I am not trying to start fights. Don't go home and ask that question. That's not a question for them. It's a question for you. It's self-reflection. 
Am I the person? A better question is, would, would you want to be married to you? <laughs> like, seriously, would you want to be married to you? With your issues and with your insecurities and with your things, this is not a depressing thing. This just means, wait a minute, time out, time out, time out. My eyes have been focused on their issues, but wait a minute, I have my own, right? We all have our own. And what we do, if we're just being honest in our relationships, instead of reflecting on our own, almost always we're looking to blame. We're looking to go, well, if she would just do this, if, if she would just do that, then I would do that. And if she did this, and then I would do that. No, 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 no. How about we just be who we were created to be? How about us as men, we step up? Well, I, I mean, I remember when we first got married and we were dating, it was like sex all the time. And I, I mean, she didn't give me none, but like one, like every two weeks. I mean, what? A, I mean, if she gave, if it was more, if there was more sex, then, then, you know, I would, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. How about we be the men that we are created to be? And I guarantee you, she might be a little bit more excited about it. Wives, well, my husband doesn't, my husband doesn't do this. We don't do a lot of things. We, we're, we're jacked up, I understand. We're jacked up people. But man, when you, when you live and lead and give respect to us, even in those moments when we don't deserve it, it, it changes something within us. It changes something within us. And it causes us to go, man, she's respecting me like I'm really great. I probably should be great. Like, I probably need to step my game up and be better. For those of you who are dating, man, we're, we're going to talk about it next week extensively about how we can be the right person. And this is great for married couples as well, for us to understand what God says it looks like to be the right person. But it starts with us being transparent with what's going on with us. And, and I remember for me, I was... I was stoked about getting married. I was one of those weird dudes that, like, in high school, I was, I was like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not playing the games. I really don't. I don't need a laundry list of all these crazy people and all these, these crazy exes. Like, I don't need all that. Like, I'm trying to get married. I'm trying to get married early. Let's just get this over with, right? And so I was stoked when we first got married. I was so excited, but we did a lot of preparation. We had a lot of conversations. We unpacked so many things, and it was awesome. But there's one thing that I expected would just change once we got married. I expected that once we were in our own house and we were together, I expected that I would be less selfish. I thought, well, I mean, yeah, that, that'll just naturally change that out. I'll, I'll think about her needs more than my own. Like, that just comes with marriage, right? It's just part of the contract. No. It didn't. And it, it caused for us, it, it wasn't that, that the, the first stretch of our marriage was brutal and it was the worst thing and we're fighting all the time, but it was, it was a challenge that we would hit in these seasons where I would get tired, I would get burned out, and I was like, I just got to take care of me, right? And maybe you're not like that. Maybe I was the only one, but I just got to this place where We'd argue about dinner, so I was like, well, I'm not going to ask you. I'm just going to tell you where we're going. Like, we're just going to go here, and this is what I feel like eating. Well, I don't really feel like eating that. Well, then where do you want to go? I don't know. Well, then we're going. Here we go. You're right? And it just got into this, almost this habit 
where I was making sure my needs were met, but not always taking care of hers. And I remember I was talking, it, it, it was actually just full transparency. It, it took almost five years for us navigating this through some seasons good, some seasons bad with this, some seasons and and us having heart to heart conversations where she's like, I just feel like you really focus on your needs, but you don't ever really ask me about mine. And it was brutal and I felt like an awful person, but then I just kind of kept doing the same thing, right? And it wasn't until I met one of my best friends on the planet and I remember him, I, I wrote it down, this is exactly what he said and it absolutely changed me. He said, the thing that changed my marriage is that I took to heart that Jesus gave up everything, including his life, for us, the church. And in the New Testament, we're commanded to love our wives like Jesus loved us. And here I am, a pastor on staff at a church, and my best friend who's a physical therapist is straight up schooling me in the Bible and living my life like Jesus. And I took it to heart. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, so Jesus calls us his bride, and the way that he loved us is that he literally died. He gave up being in heaven. He gave up all of that to come here to get beat up and spit on and ignored and hated and bashed and then literally be beaten and killed and hung on a cross and died. He did that for us. And I can't be willing to sacrifice my needs to make sure my wife's needs are met. Okay, wait a minute. I need to change something. And it completely changed our relationship. It wasn't easy. There are still days, there are still seasons where I, I kind of go into like, I'm, I'm also an only child, so you figure that out. It's easy for me to take care of me. It, it just comes naturally. Imagine that. But Lauren has this unbelievable gift of just compassion and care for everybody else's needs. And I needed to shift something within me and go, God, there's something jacked up in me that I need you to fix. I need to think more like you think. And it helped change the way that I, I, we are scheduled our calendars, the way that we communicated, the way that we went on date nights, the way that everything changed because I made that decision. But in the beginning, I thought it would just change naturally. And it doesn't. It doesn't. The closer we get to Jesus, the closer we get to our purpose and to our, po- our potential. I love how Jesus says this in John 15. He says, live in me, make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you're joined with me. I am the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relationship, this is so key, the relationship, intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. But this is a key for us. Separated, you can't produce a thing. The question for us is, are we getting closer to Jesus? Are we getting closer to who he created us to be? The challenge today as we wrap up, right before we pray, your challenge this week is to pray, God, am I becoming the person you created me to be? Before we can handle anything else, before we can talk about what the right person looks like, we have to ask ourselves, God, 
am I at least on the right road towards me becoming the person you created me to be? And the second part of that is am I becoming the right person for my current or future spouse? For those of you who are dating, you're in, you're this, in this incredible advantage where you get to start early. You can start now preparing to be the person that the person you're looking for is looking for. That one day when you walk into that place and you, you meet Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright and, and you, you get together and, and you're connected with Jesus and you're, you're becoming the person that you're supposed to be, it doesn't mean you're perfect at all, but it means you're getting closer and closer and closer and your relationship with God is there as you're getting closer and closer to him, all of a sudden you're gonna turn around and you're walking the same way with this person. You're like, hey, where did you come from? And it's because they're walking the same way. They're walking towards becoming more like Jesus. And it changes everything. I wasn't looking for Lauren. I really wasn't. I was hoping for her. But God just miraculously put our paths together with this crazy story and it was both of us trying to be the people that God created us to be. And we turned to the side and we're like, oh, hey, you fine. Okay, let's go, right? Like it worked out this incredible way and it can happen in your life when you are pursuing God instead of pursuing everything else. For those of us who are married, one of my favorite principles is that we can always hit the reset button. Tomorrow is another day. You and I can wake up. Boom. Today, I make the decision that I want to be more of the right person. Today, I'm going to choose to be the best husband that I can be. I'm going to figure out what that looks like, and I'm going to take steps to get closer to that. I'm, I'm going to figure out what it looks like to be the best wife that I can be. I'm going to work on me. And as I'm working on me, I believe that you're working on you. And God's going to do the rest. But it starts with us asking ourselves and being honest about are we becoming the right person? Is that even something we think about? Or are we just winging it? Well, we'll fight today and we'll love tomorrow. Nah, we have a choice, we have a responsibility. We have a promise that we made to each other that through sickness and through health, through strength and depravity, through all of these things, we will be committed to be the best version of ourselves we can be. And I just happen to believe that you can't be the best person without Jesus. Next week, we'll unpack what the Bible says about what the right person looks like and how we can become the right person. You don't want to miss it. I'm stoked about sharing it with you, but it starts with us asking, am I even heading in that right direction? Let's pray. Jesus, man, we thank you. We thank you that uh, even though we're jacked up and, and broken and we're still trying to figure this thing out and you're so full of grace The Bible reminds us that your mercies are new every morning. And so, Lord, I pray today, this afternoon, as, 
everyone in this room is chewing on this, that you would just allow your spirit to remind them of whatever was just said over the last 25 minutes. That you would bring it back to our remembrance, the areas that we need to work on in us. And Jesus, I pray that as we lay our heads on the pillow tonight, that we would make the commitment that tomorrow we're going to lean into that new mercy. Tomorrow we're going to wake up and we're going to take one step closer to becoming the person you created us to be. That we're going to love the way that you loved us. And that we're going to honor the way you honor us, even when we don't deserve it. Jesus, we thank you that we have the beautiful opportunity of relationship. Thank you that we aren't called to do life alone. That we have the opportunity to share in the joys and the triumphs and the defeats and the mistakes and the weakness. We get to share in that with the people you have placed in our lives. So Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We pray that this week would look different than it's ever looked before because our focus is different than it's ever been. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.